Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, cosplayer Melinda Jean is here to answer my questions about being a frozen X-Men, being a guest at San Lee's Supercon, and weaponizing fairies. <laughs> Yeah, so it's August, and all I'm thinking about is still, uh, my mind is already on Halloween. I can't think of anything else, it seems. Um, and your icon, when we got onto Skype, was you with your pumpkin head, and you've got so many amazing Halloween cosplays, or that costumes, is what, or whatever. I'm an October baby, so it's like we celebrate the entire month, and I've been waiting for the stores to hurry up and put their Halloween. I'm like the one person in July was probably asking all the workers like, when are you guys putting Halloween stuff out? <laughs> I'm so ready for Halloween. Just every day you come in, they're like, not today. <laughs> you got it yet, you got it yet. <laughs> um, I love the, the, the one that you did with uh, the pumpkin head, but your Jack Skeleton is one of the coolest costumes I've ever seen. I love your take on Jack Skeleton, uh, primarily because I think your cane is fantastic. That was, I love that thing. I found it um, at a Spirit Halloween, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I'm just going to build something around it. And then I just picked up whatever I had around the house, and I was like, okay, this is perfect. This will work. And then I found, like, the mask, and I was like, we're going to make this work. We're going to go with it. <laughs> and surprisingly, it, like, did really well. Now I visit Spirit the Hall uh, Spirit Halloween. I visit whenever every year. So I have never seen a pumpkin cane. Shit. I feel deprived. <laughs> they have like they have some awesome ones. Um I think what I because I've had that one for like a couple years now, and they have like this crystal ball one and a skull one. Like they're legit. And I probably paid like fifteen dollars for that thing. I love that store. Uh, when they got the uh, Proton Pack, I had to buy it immediately because it's a pretty cool Proton Pack. Oh, it's, that thing's legit. It's light and not the best. Well, the, the tube for the gun is pretty delicate, so I'm always worried about breaking it. But uh, <laughs> every person who has bought the pack, they always say replace the tube. So I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. cool. If I break it, I'll just replace it and we're fine. But all the details on the pack are pretty good for the price. I, I dig it. I love it. Um, so you are a cosplayer, um, and your Instagram is just filled with amazing photos. Um, oh, thank you. What got you into cosplay? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so I've kind of always been an underground nerd. I was just into all that stuff before it went mainstream. I grew up in a small Texas town. We didn't have a comic book store. My parents failed me. They weren't nerds. So I kind of got a late start and I did my first convention actually was 2016 here in Vegas at um, AmazingCon. And I knew kind of the gist of a comic con. And so I got a little Spider-Man dress and I was like, cool, I'm good. And I went there and I was like, whoa, <laughs> are these like, like, what is this like a Disneyland situation? Are these characters like what's going on? They're like, no, they're just other guests. And then they dress up. And I was kind of like, wow, this is awesome. My people, this is great. So um, that was in July. So a few weeks later, I managed to meet the right people at the show there who 
took me to the Mecca of all cons, and my second con was San Diego. I lost it. I could never turn back after that. It was like the best thing. I actually went in legit cosplay that time. Um, I went as Psylocke from Apocalypse, the movie version. And it was just like, like they accepted me. Everybody wanted pictures. I was like, this is great. How do I get into this more? And at the, that time, I had been buying my costumes online, Spirit Halloween, just whatever I could get my hands on. Um, and that's kind of how I got into the creative side of it. It was just, um, I would get some costumes, pay a lot of money for it, and it either wouldn't fit right, look right. I kind of pride myself on being as screen accurate as I can be. And it was always off. And I'm like, if I'm gonna spend two, $300 on a costume, I, and I'm gonna have to put work in it anyway, why don't I just figure out how to do it myself? Um, and I kind of went down that rabbit hole and my vices are like Pinterest and YouTube. And once you go down that rabbit hole, you're done. And so I started teaching myself how to do um, like foam forging. And my mom was a seamstress, so I kind of had a general idea of sewing. Um, but then to use like 3D printing and just all the different techniques. And I'm still learning stuff to this day. Um, every project that I do is usually a new technique. Uh, that's why I don't YouTube or do tutorials because it's that would just be like a four day video of me cursing a lot and <laughs> getting nothing right. Um, but yeah, so it was just like, I kind of found where I felt accepted and I could be creative. And then people take pride in the work that you do. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. So it just kind of took on a life of its own and kind of got out of hand. <laughs> I think it's funny that you said that you don't want to do any YouTube tutorials because mm -hmm. uh, like when I do drawing, I've thought about like, I, I can show people, I can record and post draw videos of me drawing like on paper. But once I start going digital, I don't want to hear the peanut gallery giving me tips. I'm like, no, no, I'm, it's not what I'm here for. I'm not, I don't want to. It's kind of brutal. Like you're so vulnerable doing that. And then they're just like, oh, you shouldn't do it that way or that. I mean, there's more good than bad, but I'm just like, I'd rather just put the finished product out there, put some progress pictures, you know, the stuff that did work, maybe put a couple, well, this didn't work because this, but this is why it did work. So I'm actually gonna, I've been painting this huge mural in my garage. Um, and I come from a background of drawing stick figures. <laughs> so I've hung around you guys, all the artists long enough to pick up a few pointers. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna try it. Um, and so I've kind of videotaped myself painting a couple things and I'm gonna try to mush that together and post it at some point. But yeah, as far as like, putting a costume together, that will probably never happen. <laughs> so you went from uh, Amazing Las Vegas and then dived right into San Diego Comic-Con. That's a hell of a jump into the deep end. If you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. <laughs> I don't have to ask anything. Um, so Vegas 2016 was your first con? Yeah. Was that in South Point or was it in the main convention? The that, the main the main one downtown next yeah. to the is it the Hilton? I've I only lived here for like twelve years. I don't know. <laughs> I just really love the South Point. When when they moved from the South Point to the the main convention center, I'm like, uh, that's cool, I guess. <laughs> 
But I like South Point. I liked it that it was so contained. Like, uh, the, uh-huh. all the restaurants were right there. Uh, there was a movie theater. There's, like, I never went to the rodeo. But I like being, I liked it where I didn't have to leave the casino whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's really convenient versus just being in the little convention center that doesn't have very much at all. But they redid it. So when they come back next year, it's going to be, like, in a whole nother wing. Um, and... So many upgrades to the convention center, so it, it'll be it'll be nice to see. It's almost like doubled the space, so we'll see what happens. One of my favorite moments from that show was just uh, Nicholas Cage walking towards my booth. He didn't come to the booth, but he was walking I towards the booth. I heard about that. And uh, he was walking towards me, and I was just like, uh, I lean over to my booth buddy. I'm like, hey, is is that Nick? Because it looks he looked like he was cosplaying as Nicholas Cage. And I lean to my friend, I'm like, is that Nicolas Cage or a cosplayer? He looks up, he's like, nope, that is Nicolas Cage. Because he looked too cliche. He looked too too much like Nicolas Cage to be Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I saw, like, one or two pictures, and I had had heard about it, like, that Sunday. A couple people had, they were like, oh, yeah, he came to my booth. Or, yeah, I got a picture of him walking with his entourage and his security detail. I was just like, of course I didn't get to see him, but... <laughs> Um, you said you were an underground nerd. Like, what what uh, what was the undergroundness? I guess. So I grew up in a. So for those that have seen the movie Varsity Blues, that's kind of the town I grew up in, except everything was green. So very football driven. You know, being a cheerleader and you know going out doing the drag on the weekends, that kind of stuff. Um, and there might have been, like, even the band nerds, like, I was a band nerd, too, but, you know, we kind of hid that. So, like, a small group of us would get together, and we'd go watch, like, um, Space Ghost Coast to Coast and Star Wars and, you know, but we didn't let nobody know. <laughs> because that was just, like, our little our little dirty secret. Um, and, and even, like, in my 20s, it was, it was just a different crowd that I kind of ran with, so... You know, wearing the Star Wars T-shirt or something, you would kind of get the funny look. You're like, "Oh, you're a girl. Uh, you like Star Wars?" And so I kind of, kind of suppressed it a little bit. <laughs> but now I'm like, "Say it loud, say it proud." <laughs> I am very glad that uh, with representation and uh, the changes that have been going on with the uh, fandoms, I'm just like, I'm, I'm. I'm very glad that no one has to hide it now, that, that it, it is embraced, encouraged, and people, uh, especially uh, women, having uh, female characters in Star Wars, I think, in, uh, that they oh, can, it's amazing. I love it. I think that's fantastic. Well, I used to be able just to, sorry, my dog, she's lost her mind. Um, it <laughs> happens. She'll make a guest appearance every so often. Um, you just, like, all we had before was, oh, you can be Princess Leia. Um, you know, and Padme, that was it, you know, and now you have all these strong Shun and, you know, um, Hardoon, all these strong characters, like, you know, we're almost equal to that, you know, Black Widow getting her own movie, like, those steps are huge. Um, I still get looked at funny when I go in the comic book store by myself, that's probably because there's a beauty store next door and they think I'm lost, <laughs> but the guys that work there know me. You know, but um, I think we've come a long way in the last 20 years, for sure. I would like to get to the point where, because, uh, like, I, I've, I've been, I've seen panels with my friends going, talking about uh, being a woman in geekdom. 
and having to prove their geekiness, being ask, uh, answering questions to from gatekeeping guys, uh, saying, "Oh, you can't be a nerd because you're a woman," and it's like mm-hmm. that. That's disgusting. That's unfortunate that you can't that you can't go into a comic book shop and not get weird looks. Yeah. Um, and I think some guys like you know very like athletic guys, or so, I don't know. There's just like this box or cookie cutter stereotype that supposedly there was. And then, I mean, still today, people are shocked at the people who have a strong fandom, and they're like, oh, really? I never would have thought that, you know? And it's just like, we're kind of breaking the mold at that point. I am all for breaking the mold. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of female characters coming into Star Wars, and I think that's fantastic. Um, And you dressed up like one of them from, uh, what was it? I think she was in Clone Wars, but I know she's in Rebels. Yeah. What what's the character's name again? Hara. Hara. Uh, the Twi'lek. I know she's a Twi'lek. That's all. I know yeah. her species. Hara <laughs> Syndulla. Uh, they she just did. Um, oh, let's see. We're two episodes from it, so I don't know if it's a spoiler at this point. But um, if you're well, a Rebels fan, ep- watch Bad Batch. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I I always think that spoilers are good after two weeks, and this okay, uh, episode good. will. This episode will come out August 13th, so you're good. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like, you know, taking it back. Rebels is by far my favorite animated series in Star Wars. Like, I love it. Clearly, my garage is, you know, I've built, like, a whole empire in my house around it. Um, I probably should use the word empire when I talk about Rebels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I love how strong she is. Um you know, she takes charge of her squadron. Uh, she's sassy. She's caring. Like, if, if I was going to be a character in real life, that was who I wanted to model myself. And I have been told a lot of times, they're like, oh, do you do Star Wars cosplay? And I was like, you know, now that I think about it, I don't think I ever have. And, you know, as with everything else I do, let's just dive right in. And I was like, all right, we're going to be pilots. <laughs> and you really okay i already said that you jumped into the deep end when we were talking about san Diego comic-con but you really jumped in the deep end with cosplay because you i think was that your first time playing with latex uh latex yes so describe how you made that headset because holy shit like i've i've <laughs> when when i was thinking of all the questions to ask you i was looking through uh all your photos on instagram and i came to uh the step-by-step on what you did and I'm just like mm-hmm. that's insane yeah so I had done a bunch of research um because obviously there's been a lot of people who make some amazing ones and so I kind of took a little bit of their methods and kind of podged it together I did buy um one it was probably off Amazon or something just kind of get an idea I have an unusually large head and so I tried to put it on it didn't work the leakers were weird and that's kind of what I was like, all right, I'm going to do my research, see what these girls are doing. And girls that make them, if they don't make them out of fabric, are very hush-hush about it. They, not just girls, but just in general. They're very hush-hush about it. And, and I don't know if it's, it's a, a trade secret. Nobody kind of wants to put that out there because then people start making them and selling them. Like, I get that. Um, so it was kind of hard to find. Uh, but I did see one where she made a mold. Um, and then she painted the latex on it and they kind of like peeled it. And so I kind of ran with that. And so I made a mold, but I used like insulation foam. 
and then I kind of sanded it down and then layers and layers and layers of wood glue to make it really hard and sturdy. I probably took like the longest route possible, but I just wanted to try it. Um, and then I painted on like eight or nine layers. Um, I tinted the latex to match the body paint that I was going to use. Um, and then I hand painted all the details and stuff. The only problem with the technique that I did with that, and I'm sure any would kind of be the same, but I made her a little thicker than I probably should. Like she had a little junk in her leaky trunk, you know? And <laughs> uh, I just kind of had to roll with it. Uh, but I'm going to try it again, but I'm going to try a different method because that was just so labor intensive. I think for the mold itself took, I want to say like almost two months. So don't, to get it perfect, because I'm OCD by nature. So cosplay is probably like one of the worst hobbies I could have picked up. So something that somebody could do in a week is going to take me like three months. And then just like, I'm not right. I'm going to do it over. I'm not right. I'm going to do it over. Um, so I want to get into like doing latex foam or something down that avenue. Just see if I can do it. It still came out fantastic. I know. I uh, loved it. it was a huge hit. I couldn't hear anything, but it was a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that a lot from a, a lot of cosplayers wearing all the masks and whatnot. They're like, oh, I can't hear. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I think uh, I, I did do cosplay when I first started going to Comic-Con, but then uh, I realized that it's a lot more fun when I'm comfortable. Like, I enjoy. Yeah. I enjoy being comfortable. I enjoy uh, not worrying about heat. I enjoy not worrying about my feet. Like I, I think uh, the only time I ever wore boots was for my Aquaman costume, and I was like, ah, never again. That's uncomfortable. I'm done. That's no thank you. That's what, <laughs> when I do my builds, the first thing I incorporate in my design is comfort level, bathroom restrictions. Like, how do I make this easy without completely stripping down? Um, in Vegas, most of our shows are in the summertime, so am I going to pass out and die? Those are all the factors that I take in. Is my costume going to melt? Are pieces going to fall off? Because then they're done that. <laughs> I mean, it's got to withstand 115 degree heat. Um, so those are just some of the things that, first and foremost, that I put into my plan. Um, but I was, I, I uh, debuted those in Hawaii. And I had had a booth, and so I didn't think about it. And then I got asked to judge the kids' cosplay contest, and I was just like, um, I can't hear anything. Probably should put me on stage. <laughs> so she will get a 2.0 version with better hearing, a little less junk in her trunk, um, <laughs> probably some stretchy pants, you know. <laughs> Sure. I know uh, my friend who dressed up as Batman, I think he has a few, oh, those guys. A, a few things so to do. He has, he has a few things to unlock before he can go to the bathroom. I'm like, no, thank you. Mm -mm. My uh, first build was Wonder Woman with the whole hard corset. And I don't think I went to the bathroom for like three days until the show was over because I did not factor any of that into that build. And you would think like, oh, it's just a little skirt, but, like, I couldn't bend, I couldn't breathe, I was afraid things were going to snap, I was just like, yep, I'm, I'm not going to pee at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I learned. Uh, another one of your costumes I think is really cool, and I think you stopped by my booth when I was at Amazing Las Vegas, was your uh, Rainbow Bright. Yes! What got you in a Rainbow Bright costume? 
Cosplay. I had a rainbow I'm an eighties baby, so uh-huh. that was I and I was just like I don't even know what I was doing. I get like the most random ideas. I'm just like, I'm gonna do it. And maybe it was like strawberry shortcake or something, and then that vectored into Rainbow Bright, and I was like, Yeah, let's do it and it just works. Um, I think that I was, as I was scrolling through your Instagram, I'm like, yeah, you are definitely an 80s baby. Cause like I, I saw uh, Rainbow Bright, I saw um, uh, Shira and I saw the original Shira. Uh-huh. And then I saw, uh, what's her name from uh, Weird Science. I'm Lisa? like, oh yeah, these, yeah. these are very 80s costumes. <laughs> um, talk about rainbows though. Uh, which Lucky Charms marshmallow would you be willing to cosplay as? <laughs> so I think when I used to eat Lucky Charms, there were only like five marshmallows, and now there's like a hundred. So <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I just know I just know the original song. I don't I don't know all the special ones. So if you mention the special, uh, it's like Pokemon. I know the original. I don't the know the, those are the ones universe. that matter. Those are the ones that matter. I mean. I was a rainbow, so does that kind of count as? <laughs> sure, sure. No, I think, I don't know. I kind of drawn to blue moon. I mean, I like the moon. That never really looked like a moon. It was just like a smushed half circle kind of situation. I know my, do you remember the song from Lucky Charms? Kind of. <laughs> Can you Heart, recite it for? Heart, rainbows, something, colors <laughs> and blue moons. <laughs> that- Close enough. Well, because like uh, I know uh, one of my friends, um, she was is she she's not from the United States, and I feel like United States is very commercialized. Uh, we you know everyone has commercial jingles memorized, and that's kind of sad. Or I don't know. It's I think it's sad. I think it's well, coming from someone who knows the jingles for a lot of commercials and cartoons. I shouldn't think it's sad, but I do because it's like oh man, they really. They tr- they really try to brain warp brain warp you. They try to <laughs> hypnotize you to really love these to buy this merchandise. Um, Children know more phone numbers of law firms than they probably do their own phone numbers because <laughs> they're catchy. <laughs> that is, I believe that. Um, and I I mentioned Lucky Charms and I was like I I mentioned one of the charms and they're like, how do you know all the marshmallows? I'm like you know, heart stars, horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons, pots of golden rainbow, oh, and the. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, what you would do is take your Rainbow Bright costume and then update it to be a Rainbow Lucky Charm. We could do that. We could make that happen. <laughs> Fantastic. It was just uh, when I was thinking about this question, I saw the Rainbow Bright costume and I was like, ah, I gotta think of something with a rainbow and cereal. Brilliant. Lucky Charms. That's the way I'm gonna go. <laughs> See, but now you gotta do the glow up and Fruit Loops has marshmallows now. Hence why I haven't really eaten Lucky Charms in a minute. Because now I can get my cere- the cereal portion colored, too. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> like magic in a bowl. <laughs> um, What has been one of your most difficult photo shoots? Oh, wow. Um, they're all so much fun, so none of them are really difficult. But I would have to say um, a couple years ago, I did um, an export shoot and as Psylocke, and we went up into the mountains here in Vegas, and it was dead winter, there was a good few feet of snow from a couple snowstorms that we had, 
And I think the only person who was actually warm was our guy who's has played uh, Deadpool. And me and Wolverine were just freezing our asses off because we're all half naked out in the snow and hiking up and down these trenches. And I was in boots and they were trying to put me into these like awesome power poses on this icy log. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking at this is this is how I die. This is how my true Hollywood story ends. Dialogue dies by ice log. It's amusing because I know a lot of uh, women who do cosplay, uh, they're usually pretty half-naked, but the Wolverine was Weapon X Wolverine. Yes. And, and all he, only he had ha- was his little tidy whities and his little helmet and his belt. That was it. Yeah. And we're trying the- to glue, like, all those little pieces, the entire shoot. He was like, hey, guys all my pieces are freezing off. Can you like make sure and stick them? So if you look at like five or six different pictures of his, all the pieces are in different places because we just put them wherever they would stick. <laughs> so latex and ice, not a great idea. Where did you do this photo shoot? Um, up in Mount Charleston, it's about 30 minutes north of Vegas. It's just, it's funny because like, I was going to say, oh, you know, I'm born and raised in Southern California, so uh, being in snow always looks awful, but you're in <laughs> Vegas. I don't think I have anything to – well, you were, you're from Texas, and then you went to yeah. Vegas. I've got nothing to say compared to you because I feel like you've, you've really been in hot weather for the, all of your life. I did uh, Texas, Florida, Cali. I'm a military brat in military, so um, – yeah, the Florida humidity, the Vegas dry heat, the, the snow is kind of our, like, two months of respite a little bit, and then the city might get it for, like, a day, and if it's just enough, it's like, oh, let's go to the backyard and shoot pictures really quick. <laughs> but, yeah, when we get it in the mountains, like, everybody's up there, because that is, like, the best background for pictures, and people think you're in Colorado, you know, Ukraine, someplace really, so, and it's crazy, but it just, nobody is like, we did that in Vegas? Like, yep. I feel like during the summer, I get really resentful towards movies and media whenever it rains or snows. I'm like, shut up. They're, they're all shivering and cold, and I'm like, no, it's not cold. It's too hot. It's, it's uncomfortably hot. <laughs> I think the last one, uh, what was it? I was watching a Justice League Snyder cut, and it was raining, and I'm like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It was like 120 outside. Thankfully, we haven't gotten 120. Have you gotten 120? Uh, We hit 117, like, last month, almost a month ago. And then now we're back normal, and so they're like, oh, you know, it's nice outside. It's a, you know, it's a a nice 104. So that's like our average rate. But it's so humid. So, like, the desert people are dying. I'm like, I lived in Florida. I haven't been there in over a decade. Like, I'm smelting over here. It's horrible. Like, 20% humidity, and my hair is just like, yeah, I'm out. (laughs) It's done. Damn. Uh, I don't ever, I feel like saying, oh, it's a nice 104 feels like normalization of global warming. <laughs> kind of. They're like, yeah, 117 might be our new normal. We're like, oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, um, you can have your smoke back. If you could stop sending it this way, that'd be great. Now uh, no, the heat, the smoke, the fires, I'm not going outside till like Halloween. So 
I don't uh, need a smog machine at this point, or a fog machine. <laughs> no, thank you. If uh, California is going to burn every year, uh, I want we want the whole world to get our smoke. <laughs> Can you at least wait till October where I get the tombstones out and all my crops and everything? Uh, it's real cool. No, it's August. August is uh, August is fire and hurricane season, apparently. I'm running around in some Silent Hill stuff. I'm probably going to end up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last year's fire were insane. Uh, did you get some of our red skies? Because I think uh, oh, yeah. we were in, uh, in Southern California. I didn't see any of the red skies. It looked disgusting, but not the red. Yeah, not not the hell. You got some red skies? We got some great shots, and and I have not been in pandemic limbo like most of the world, and actually have been productive in my builds. I probably could have got some great shots out of it, but it was just like, but it was super apocalyptic. I mean, it kind of met the tone of 2020, so um, I should have capitalized on it when I had the chance. But I'm I think sure a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah, that's that's terrifying. Uh -huh. <laughs> I feel like once the Snyder Cut came out, uh, I, I feel like the Snyder Cut should have come out in 2020. Yeah. That way, all the cosplayers could have <laughs> taken advantage of the Red Skies to do uh, the Nightmare Realm of the it's Snyder universe. Happen. Once that movie or something along that line comes out, it, you're going to see it. There's going to be a group shot somewhere out in Cali. Well, I'm waiting for uh, all the Loki variants of conventions showing up. <laughs> Oh, the next huge show that happens in Cali, like, it's going to be nothing but Lokis and Wandas running around. <laughs> uh, we, re we, we recently tried to do um, a convention in Ontario, California. Uh, it was some kind of anime convention, and they did not plan for that whatsoever. Uh, there was, like, one oh, entrance wow. and a long line that had spent hours and a lot of people weren't get, getting in, and I guess they had a lot of people fainting because it was in triple digits weather. So wow. that was dumb. I feel like if you're if you're going to do a con in such heat, you can't have one entrance, and no. it can't be outside. <laughs> That's why when we get our visitors that come in for amazing, when you know, because it's in July, it's like the peak of our summer. And we get all these out-of-towners and stuff like that. Unless they're from Arizona or locals, like, just how they dress, you could be like, yeah, that person's not from here. They're going to die. They're going to pass out. Like, um, I'm sure you saw my Mira, my version of Mira. Um, she has no pants, no sleeves, because I had planned to debut that in Vegas, and I knew how hot it was going to be. And it, that surprisingly, I had a lot of people, they were like, oh my gosh, I love that version. It's, you know, how'd you come up with it? I was like, um, have you gone outside? That's how I came up with it. Nobody wants to rock pleather in this heat. Trust me. Um, one of your costumes I really love is the Battle Ready. I'm, I'm going to call it Battle Ready. Uh, Princess Aurora uh, uh -huh. with a, your badass sword. And it just looks like she's going to take on Maleficent. Um, what weapons would Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether have when teamed up with your sword-wielding Aurora? Ooh, so when I think of that, I think, like, medieval stuff. And so I could see them. I mean, they're tiny, right? So, sure. Um, is it, it's called, like, a, a flisk? Or is that, it's the ball with the spike and the sticks, and you just swing it around. Like, okay, cool. I, I know. Totally I, see them 
I, I feel bad when everyone, someone, when, when people know the names of weapons, I'm just like, I sure, why not? But you said ball spikes. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try to be versed in my medieval wear, but you know, I, <laughs> I've been slacking. <laughs> it's like when people ask me to draw like a certain weapon, and I'm like, if I can't, if I can't Google it, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Just describe what you want. It's just so much easier. <laughs> but yeah, ball of spikes all the way. Uh, all three of them have ball of spikes, or who, sure, who's got a ball of spikes? Not? I don't know. Maybe one you could see with a with a battle axe, but I don't see her flying around a lot with one of those. <laughs> she might have the smaller axes, you know, like not the big. No, I, I could see a like I could see a fairy flying. Yeah, hatchets. <laughs> That'd be terrifying. A little fairy with fairy hatchets. Fairy with and... hatchets? Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like something from like uh, Friday the 13th genre. I'm sure. I'm sure it's coming. It's probably a thing. We can make it a thing. Let's make it a thing. I kind of want. I kind of want to draw one. Fairy with hatchets. It's scary. <laughs> and then so we got one with the. Uh, do we want to stick with uh, the battle axe? Because if we have the one with the uh, what do you call it? Blisk? Blisk? The 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 ball. Blisk. The spiky ball. I think it's a blisk. I know it starts with an S. That I'm very sure of. The spiky ball. Spiky ball. <laughs> uh, hatchets and then a the third one. Do they still have their magical powers? Yeah. Uh, balls of the fire. Balls of the fire. Okay, cool. I mean, who doesn't like a good ball of fire? Uh, what can, what made you come up with the uh, battle ready aurora? Um, I can't. Okay, so I got tired of. Disney lying to me for all these years about my Prince Charming's gonna show up and save me. Look, we tired. Ain't nobody That's a dog in the waiting. background, right? It is. <laughs> okay, that that is one of the most terrifying. I my mind immediately made it think of uh, that you had a clown in your area. And I'm like, no, that's a dog to me. Don't be that's dumb. That's your neck of the wood. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be terrifying. He I just heard love her a good squeaky. <laughs> so yeah, Prince Charming retired to Disney line. Yeah, like nobody wants to wait for them to show up at the tower anymore. She would have slept all day waiting for him to show up. Like, let's be real. So I was like, and I, there, there's, there's a group that does all the Disney princesses and armors. And I didn't know that at the time. Um, so I was like, you know, let's do a thing where she rescues herself, she rips the dress, she's battle ready, and just kind of roll with it. And it kind of took on a life of its own. And next thing I know, I'm Aurora battle ready princess. Um, but I debuted that at um, LA Comic Con, and I got mistaken for Princess Peach a lot. It's <laughs> like, no, <laughs> but you know. Um, but I, yeah. It was kind of like one of those, I'm going to do it once and then I'll retire her. So she's sitting on the shelf somewhere. And it's like, I may revisit it one time and do something with a little more detail. But it was the first time I got to work with um, doing small details and uh, antiquing uh, as far as painting was concerned and just different techniques uh, on that. So I'm super proud of the armor that went with it. But like the dress and the corset situation, the situation. <laughs> So I gotta revisit that before I'm able to wear it again. I'm surprised it lasted an entire Friday. <laughs> I don't remember because like I, I played a uh, Kingdom Hearts a long time ago, and I'm just wondering. I think there's a Maleficent Keyblade. 
but that would be kind of cool if that if you want to revisit Aurora, but give her the Keyblade of like her of her ah, story. That would be dope. That might be something worth looking into. Um, you went to Stan Lee's SuperCon, right? I did. I remember following your Instagram about that, and that looked insane. That, by far, has to be one of the best once-in-a-lifetime experiences that I've ever done. Um, and once the world is done being over, I'm hoping to return to that. Um, my favorite part is that it was in Riyadh, which is like a whole nother level because um, there's something to be said about shows here i think i think the con circuit is so saturated like there's a show every weekend sometimes two or three you know it's the same people they're, they're exciting and stuff but when you go to a place where it's not common um as far as i know that was the first one in riyadh and it was in conjunction with an anime convention next door like they solely built this building which was almost the size, maybe a little smaller than the Las Vegas Convention Center, but they literally built this building for these two shows. That's all that building was meant to be. And before the pandemic, it was, um, I think it was slotted to be in use for like the next seven years. Like they had wrote a contract that said, hey, we're gonna do this show. But just to see people so excited and just this new freshness of just, awe and wonder i mean it was different than your standard convention there was no artist alley i think there were like two artists in one little booth um it was more of a celebrity meet and greet situation um they had two main stages i did 10 panels in three and a half days on a main stage to i don't even know how many people spoke english we didn't have an interpreter <laughs> it was kind of chaos um, going to the bathroom or to go get snacks or something was like a two hour ordeal because every two feet, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? Um, the day I did Gamora, um, from Guardian Volume 2, oh my gosh, like that, that was my most successful build ever. I was just so excited and just to see the response, the kids, I mean, I now know what a Disney princess at Disneyland feels like. And it is so amazing to see how happy you make people. Um, and they weren't rude. They weren't pushing. There weren't, I mean, it was just, it was so next level. Like I, if I never get to do that again, the fact that I did it that one time, I will cherish that to the day I die. It was so much. And the best part, I got to meet William Shatner and talk with him and Try not to like be a fangirl. I was so nervous, <laughs> but it was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved it. That was the favorite part of the show. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, people might not know the name of the city. So this show was in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Yes. How did you How did you find out about the show? How did you like How How did that start? How did you get into that show? So I actually got invited to go with a group of um, friends here, from here in Vegas who wanted me to kind of tag along. Um, they knew I had uh, visited that part of the country before. So they're like, okay, you're up on the customs and courtesies and stuff. So would you want to go? I was like, absolutely. Um, 
come to find out, I actually knew more people there than I had thought. Um, the guys from um, Poet Theater, they do all the, uh, like Peter Pan, just all these uh, global Broadway shows, they take them out globally and stuff. And so it was them who uh, was putting on the show and uh, through mutual friends and stuff like that, um, I just was able to get involved. And um, while we were out there, they kind of put us on the spot. They're like, hey, do you guys want to do all the panels and talk about cosplay and building and stuff? And we're like, yeah, sure. Because I was just supposed to go there, cosplay, walk around. I guess there was another group from Utah. Um, like, I think there was like 10 cosplayers and they were set up. So there was a, a small selected, like that was our job, was to go there and be cosplayers, take pictures, hold babies, that whole kind of thing. Um, cause they didn't, there were a couple, I guess, cosplayer, they had like little hats, you know, a mask, but it was not by the extent that we do here in the United States. Um, and so, you know, they were just looking for people that had been doing it for a while. And so hence the group from Utah, the group from Vegas, um, I think there might've been, uh, the girl, the sisters that do Elsa and Anna, I can't remember where they're based out of, but they were there. Um, and so, I mean, and, and me personally, I'm not a big name. I'm, I'm, I'm not somebody special. I'm just somebody who likes to build things. So I am super grateful that I was invited and thought of when somebody was like, Hey, do you want to go? And you know, it was such a, such a success for all of us that they were like, yeah, you guys are part of, you know, the groundbreaking first time, you're more than welcome back. So I would love to see it again. And I hope they don't forget who I am and they invite me back. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yeah, um, you know, and, and it was, it was a difficult time, a lot going on in that part of the world, but they're trying to change their image. So there was like a whole, like what you would consider an outdoor mall here. Like they're trying to make it very touristy and stuff and very welcoming. Um, in that right so it was probably we were exposed to the more tourism side of saudi arabia uh kind of despite everything going on so um yeah it was uh yeah <laughs> it was different so you said that there was only two artists there wasn't really an artist alley and i'm just wondering because you said that uh when you got invited that they said oh well you know the culture you know the customs mm -hmm. um I could imagine that because uh, whenever I've gone to conventions, there's a lot of uh, um, sexy costumes um, yeah. and also very a lot of artists are very subversive. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just wondering if that might have been why they're limited to maybe just two car two artists. <laughs> and it could be uh, we were actually told, uh, you know, you have to cover your shoulders, long sleeves pants, no shorts, um, basically just don't show your body. You could show your face kind of situation. Um, but yeah, like as far as the art goes, there wasn't like a whole lot on display, maybe a couple, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That probably had something to do with it or they just weren't that, because from what I had heard, they sent a kind of like a survey out into the town of a bunch of celebrities and they're like who would you like to see the most and that's kind of how they pick 
So I don't know if it was already geared to be more of a meet and greet situation, see how it goes, and then we'll bring the more artistic part of it in. Um, I didn't unfortunately get a chance to go to the anime side, but I did see some pictures. And I think that almost looked like a gaming situation because there weren't artists or manga stuff or anything like that over there. There's you know Pokemon stuff and some of the throwback stuff. Um, Dragon Ball, all that kind of stuff. Maybe a couple pieces of art, but it was more like um, museum art versus what you would see in an anime convention here. I can definitely see that as being safe art. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know, and, uh, big old Pokemon versus big old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember one of my favorite uh, sales I've ever made was. Um, it was that free comic book day, I think it was, and a fan of mine, the wife of a fan of mine, came up to my booth and said, hey, my husband's a fan of your comic, but he can't, he can't get your website because he's currently working at a theme park in Abu Dhabi. And oh. she's like, your website is n- not available in Abu Dhabi. Um, can, uh, can I buy one of your books so he can read your comic? And I'm like, that is the wow. coolest, that is the coolest reason I've ever heard for anyone buying my book. And... I tell people that, you know, it's probably not because of my comic. It's probably just because uh, I'm not, like, a really official website. I'm not the safest website, I guess. I don't think it's actually my comic, per se. I don't think that I don't think that the government's like, ah, oh, this guy, he's a troublemaker. Let's ban it. I don't think that's it. I think it's just because I'm not, like, a big website. I'm not a popular website. Um, but in my head, I'm going to keep thinking that it's because I'm a troublemaker. <laughs> well, it's really weird, like... Their whole situation of um, internet and social media, that's a whole other beast because they, like here, you know, you go to a convention and it's photographers, regular cameras, phones, you know, I'm going to take a picture of you, can you go stand with my kid kind of thing. No, there was, I probably got that, I'd say 5%. The rest of it, Snapchat selfies. We had enough people and they were like, you know, a bunch of girls came up. Can we get a picture with you? Yeah. Uh, do you want my friend to take it? No, we want to do a selfie. I swear to God, if I had a dollar for every time I was a Gamora rabbit, I would be a millionaire right now. Like, we got to the point where we were like, what animal were you? Oh, I was a bunny. What about you? I was a cat. You know, it was, and everything had a filter, and everything had to be a selfie on Snapchat. It was the weirdest thing ever, but I was like, hey, if, if that's what you want to do, so it's like 20 of these people trying to cram into this little camera. And I'm just like, do you want me to get all this shot? Like, what? <laughs> it was nuts. But yeah, I, I was the Mora cat for most of the day. <laughs> that is bizarre. Yeah, and I heard, I don't know how accurate it is. I didn't look into it. So sure, I sure. Speak, I don't, not, no offense to anybody in the culture, but... I had heard it had something to do with because the pictures go away, you know, it's more like all this stuff was, don't expect it to see it on Instagram and, and stuff like that unless it's an official publicity website by the local convention host kind of situations that, you know, there was no, I'm going to take your picture and tag you, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that it was, is it was different. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Because like yeah. I'm I'm also thinking about how uh, if you post on Instagram, people check out the likes, they check to see how popular it gets, they check out to see yeah. how it gets shared, and I feel like oh, that kind of idolization is kind of frowned upon, and so I feel like on Snapchat, there isn't a million likes that you get from a post yeah. that you post on there. Because if you look at my feed from the show, I don't have other than like me on the stage with the crowd in the background. I don't have a lot of pictures with fans or anything like that. And then the one that I did with the crowd before I took it, I actually asked for permission because I wasn't going to take any chances. I was like, can I take your picture and put it on Instagram? Are you guys good? You know, and then I asked the officials, but I don't really have anybody that has like their face or anything like I was not trying I was trying to get out the country with everything that I came in with so <laughs> I wasn't trying to rock no boat or anything um it is just safer that way and I'm like if they're not posting it I'm not gonna do it so um yeah I, I don't think I've ever in my head <laughs> I don't know if I'd be welcome at a convention like that because I, I I like rocking boats <laughs> trying to be more <laughs> i'll wait a few years because i feel like uh with how the internet is i feel like um exposing people to the world i feel like there's just it's it's inevitable that we all get united because of the internet because yeah. of pop culture because it's so invasive and like i'm able to talk to people uh one of my zooms i was in I was talking to people in Europe and each person in the Zoom was from a different country in Europe. And I'm just like, this is insane. This is- Wow. <laughs> That's the world we live in now. Nobody has to go anywhere. You just do it all on Zoom. Which I, I know you, before we started recording, you were saying that you haven't been on Zoom and it's like, yeah, I have been all over the internet. Like, okay, <laughs> when, I got the when I got the vaccine, and I was able to actually be around people and see their bottom half. I was uh -huh. like, this is weird. This is weird seeing everyone, their full body. Because like when I draw my comic, I usually don't draw the bottom half. And I got used to that. <laughs> but the question is, did you remember to put on actual going into public pants? Or did you just do a PJ? <laughs> I did. I did. However, I still feel like I'm not, I feel like I'm a little rusty on being a human. Like interacting with That's other people. That's all of it. Well, because on Zoom, I can easily turn off the camera and walk away whenever I want. <laughs> um, and with Zoom, a lot of times, if someone's talking, no one else can talk. With with person-to-person -person conversations, you can have nonverbal communication. You can have a million conversations happening at the same time. Uh -huh. Zoom, only one person gets to talk at a time. And so. A lot of times when someone talks, and I know it's going to be a while, I can walk away and I can still listen, but I, I can walk away. Mm. In real interactions, I can't do that. <laughs> like I mean, you can. It's, it's not, it's frowned upon. But you can. I might have done it once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I'm over this conversation. I'm, let me know when you're done. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> but I can still listen when they're talking. I'm just like, I'm going to go get a glass of water while you talk. <laughs> um so and it's funny to say did you wear pajama pants um when you were, were around other people because i always tell people that when, when I, i've gone to people's houses and they say well heads up i'm 
I kind of want to relax today, so I'm going to wear my pajama pants. And I'm like, yeah, do that. Because I, same thing with cosplay. I like comfort. Comfort is my priority all the time. So if someone tells me I'm going to wear pajama pants, I'm like, yeah, do that. I want comfort. Comfort is, I I can't stress enough how important I think comfort is. (laughs) No, I'm all about that comfy lifestyle. If we got locked down again, I'm one of the few that is okay with that because I am still rocking quarantine with like, I put on a bra for you today. Like, uh, okay. Like, <laughs> I've been rocking like just whatever. I mean, I try, I try, but um, the only time I really go out, my neighbors see me when I take the trash out. That's like the extent of my outing. So I'm like, screw I'm going to wear, you know, tops and stretchy pants and house shoes. And I'm, I'm loving it. I'm living my best life in Canada. <laughs> this is great. I'm I'm glad. I just feel bad about uh, when you're like, oh, I, I put on a bra for this recording. I'm like, I don't like making anyone put on airs for this. <laughs> I probably should. It, it needed to be done. I needed to make sure they all still fit. I'm trying to lose that 15, you know. When you start a build in the beginning of a pandemic that may or may not fit after the pandemic and you put so much work into the sewing, you, you got to make some life changes. <laughs> so it's probably good. I made sure my paint still fit. <laughs> <laughs> um, if money and physics, we're so talking about fitting in stuff. Uh, if money and physics didn't matter, what would be a dream cosplay? Oh, uh, Mandalorian version of a dark trooper. Ooh. I want to do that so bad. But there's the little matter of where their waist is where they kind of would bend where our hips are it's just literally it's like that big so how do you give the and i'm sure somebody's done it somewhere the fact that somebody has done a grievous oh my god that thing was amazing but the fact that i've got to fit my body in there but still make it look like it's connected at that way like there's got to be a way to do it and i'm sure i'm the last on that pole that's going to figure it out but I want to try to do that. I actually have stilts too. So the phys- like the lack of being able to walk in drywall stilts and how to get that little piece is probably going to be the reason that that thing's going to take me till I'm about 80 to figure out. <laughs> I feel like seeing uh, Grievous and what's the droid's name on uh, Rogue One? K- K2? Oh, yeah. I feel like when once I saw them at conventions, I was like, shit, I feel like anything is possible. You just have to oh get creative. There is nothing out there that hasn't been done. There's a, a group, I want to say they're out of, they're somewhere on the East Coast, uh, Extreme Costumes. If you don't follow them on Instagram or their social media, do it. They were the ones that premiered Bumblebee at New York Comic Con years ago, and they've done like three or four or five different versions. These guys are insane. The stuff and the level of things that they can do is like studio level. It's nuts. And I'm just like, I aspire to be that. Those are the people that I live up to. These guys, I mean, they're ridiculous. Um, How they're not working for Lucasfilm is beyond me because they're doing that quality of work. It's insane, you know? So, but to know that somebody else has done it gives me hope like, Okay, it might take me a little more step to get there, but it can be done, you know, so. 
And what was the name of the Instagram? You said Extreme Cosplay? Extreme Extreme Costumes. Okay, costumes. Okay, cool. I'm definitely going to follow it just because I really love seeing uh, extreme shit. <laughs> yeah, their stuff is amazing. I think they come to Vegas once with their Bumblebee. I thought I saw in a post, like, probably before I even lived here. Um, but if I ever get a chance to meet these guys in person, oh, my gosh, that would be, like, a dream come true. I have seen... I have seen Optimus Prime walking away, walking around Vegas because he has his horn. They like. Uh, he... Orion Ray is a buddy of mine out of Cali. He's a great dude, and I actually just talked to him recently. And he's doing. Um, he said he put seven years on those legs, and it is in the process of getting reworked. He's getting his workshop back up and running. So, uh, the stuff that he does is incredible. Uh, he does all of them. He's done. Uh, like a variant of Bumblebee. Um, he's done some for his kids. Like they do like the whole thing. It's, it's a thing. Um, but his is amazing. Like he's gotten some years on those legs. So um, to see an upgraded version is going to be stellar. So but it's like, and he's a great dude. He's a great dude, but super talented. Like these are the people that I hope to be like one day. I just wish I would have started like a decade ago. So I could catch up. You're 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 making some leaps and bounds, so catching up won't be that hard. I'm trying. It's just once you get into like the engineering side of it and like the structure and the wire, like the things people are doing with LEDs, man, they make it look like child's play. And then I get in there and I'm just like, well, I'm gonna get electrocuted. That's a family tradition. I'm not trying to carry on. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, like, I mean, you can watch tutorials all day long, but when it comes to electricity, it's like, how far do you want to push that bar, you know? So, I gotta try, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's just like, how they build the inner workings of some of these builds, you know? The outside part, yeah, I can, I can paint, I can do stuff together, but just like, you know, how do you make this piece do this, where it makes it move this way, and the gears, and that's the meat and potatoes I want to get into, you know? So it's just, it's fascinating what they can do. So you, we mentioned earlier about uh, the Halloween stuff that you dress up as, and that made me yeah, think actually, of... Actually, I can't wait to see a sneak peek. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> my favorite, like, I'm probably going to use this thing for forever. Like, Now, did I'm you make that? So this is a, uh, they're called... Funkins, the carvable styrofoam. Oh, in case anyone's not being able to watch it, because there's not necessary, oh, yes. uh, it's not, that, it's not, sometimes we post on YouTube, sometimes we don't, but right now you are showing a pumpkin mask that's uh, visible on your Instagram uh, account of your pumpkin, yes. it's a pumpkin head, and it's amazing, it's spooky, and I love it, so continue. We, um, we, uh, it's actually just a character I kind of came up with on my own, and it's just like Miss Jack-O-Lantern. You know, Miss Pumpkinhead, we haven't officially named her. Maybe maybe get your listeners and followers to, we'll, we'll do a Halloween official naming. Uh, you know, we'll take a vote or something. But um, it, it's just a carvable funkin that you can get at Michael's or Joanne's or something. And then I actually took the leftover latex that I had from my Hera and you squish it up with cotton balls and then you just string it and make it all creepy. And then I put some... Um, like see-through fabric in the eyes and stuff, and then found a dope 
outfit to wear. We went up to the woods. Uh, it was shot the same place that we did the X-Force, except it didn't have snow. And then lots of Photoshop to add fire effects and make it creepy, spooky, and all that stuff like that. So. Do you want to know a quick way that you can make a, a lot of Ghostbuster fans really happy at a conventions? <laughs> um, on so on YouTube, on the Ghostbusters YouTube, they are posting their uh, the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon, the animated series. Uh huh. And there's a ghost called Salwin, and he has a pumpkin head. So oh, all no. you would have to do is make a costume, and you're you're Salwin, and a lot of Ghostbuster <laughs> nuts would love that, that cosplay. Oh my gosh, I could see me running down the floor and a bunch of Ghostbusters following me. That would be epic. That would be great. That'd be some really cool photos. Because like, I, I, I want to get I want to get my own pumpkin head because there's a lot of pumpkin head characters that I really love. And Samhain, that would be a cool cosplay if you want to do it. There's a guy out in LA and I, his is massive. Like, I don't even, I don't know if it's like his own creation. It's, simil it's almost similar to that, but it's just like, I think he has an Instagram page, and I'd have to look at the name, but it's solely for this character. And it is ridiculous. I mean, the thing's got to be, like, three by three feet, you know, and it's just massive, and he walks around with it like it's nothing. I couldn't even tell you what the guy looked like without this pumpkin head. I've never, nobody's seen a picture of it. I mean, that might be his real head. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it is epic. Like, it's just, uh Again, people that I aspire to be like. <laughs> So the reason why I brought up the, the spooky pumpkin-headed character is because uh, when this episode goes up, it's going to be Left-Handers Day. And my favorite left-handed left <laughs> character is Sinestro. And yeah. that made me think of uh, the Yellow Lanterns. And you know about uh, the Yellow Lanterns, right? Yeah. Um, which, one of your characters, which one of your characters would be a great Yellow Lantern? So am I allowed to go outside the realm of DC and all that, or are we sticking? Anything, I don't care. Because, I mean, obviously the one that I've done is like Wonder Woman, but she already had the sapphire and the black. She never got the yellow. Um, I would think my pumpkin head, because she already has the flames, which we could say is some kind of radiation. She instills the fear that Bizarro already does. Um, that or my she-venom because i mean symbiotes are from space so that kind of just makes sense you know um i would assume she instills fear uh considering her history <laughs> so i would say it's a toss-up between those two i think i'm going to draw a yellow lantern of your pumpkin head because that's really cool because i wanted to draw your that pumpkin head it. but drawn as a yellow lantern would be awesome i would love that i will say all the yellow lantern costumes of you know throughout the comics are epic like i almost like them better than the originals some of them like they're just so good like i've drawn to the dark side what can I <laughs> <laughs> at a at a not scary farm one time i was wearing a sinestro core shirt and one of the monsters like he was he was hanging off the side of something and mm -hmm. he comes in and he starts like you know growling at us but then he sees the shirt and he, he lifts up his glove and shows that he's wearing a yellow lantern as the scarecrow at Not Scary Farm. And I lost Yo, my shit. What? I love seeing amazing. a fellow nerd at the at Not Scary Farm. That was cool. Especially if it's a monster. <laughs> it's like when you see nerds out in the wild. It's amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially when it's really obscure shit. When you see a logo that no one else is going to recognize. Because like if it's Green Lantern, 
Green Lantern's pretty famous. Pretty but if you good. see Sinestro's symbol, that's a nerd. <laughs> see, and that's that feeling you get, like, my people, and then you get drawn into them. It's the thing, I'm telling you. <laughs> so what social media of yours should folks follow? Um, if they want to see all the good stuff, um, Miss Melinda Jean on Instagram is going to be the one-stop shop. Um, I don't tweet really anymore. I don't have a lot to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, I used to have the Facebook page, but it seems that everybody's going more towards Instagram and TikTok, and I don't have TikTok because I nobody wants to see this dance. Um, <laughs> so um, Instagram would be the place to go. Uh, but I will warn you, there is a little bit of a transitioning happening um, during the pandemic. Obviously, with no shows, I didn't do as many builds because um, shows are kind of motivating. They are a little bit of a stressor because, again, the OCD, I want to get it perfect. And when you're running against a clock, you kind of just got to do it quickly. So I kind of throttled back from costume builds. But I have gotten into um, interior design. I'm an interior design nerd, if you will. And um, my entire garage is becoming a rebel base. Uh, this is the background that you're seeing right now. Big reveal coming soon. This is phase one. I'm, I'm going to stick with the George Lucas trilogies and do a phase one, two, and three. So this is part of phase one behind me, phase two coming soon. So you're going to see a lot of um, home projects. Uh, my next one is going to be a Harry Potter room in one of my guest rooms. Um, there still will be cosplay, lots of pictures, things. I'm going to start getting back into that. I've been kind of high and dry on social media for a while, just kind of taking time to do my own thing and get back into the creativity and the reason I love doing this stuff, because I think I kind of lost that over a course of doing so many shows. Um, but yeah, so I want to kind of dabble into the home builds and stuff like that. You might actually see more videos on that, because I'm more versed in that than I am costume building. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what to expect on there. Um, it just kind of changes with the seasons. It might be fashion pictures. It might be home improvement nerd related stuff it could be legos definitely cosplay um my awesome friends and their art such as yourself um yeah you, you never know what you're gonna get on my instagram but it will definitely please to all fandoms at least i hope so <laughs> i mean during the pandemic, because uh, you said that you don't really post a lot of stuff you're not really that active in social media uh during the pandemic I think it's totally understandable if we're all have a hard time posting stuff consistently because we're all dealing with the trauma of everything that's currently around us. Yeah, there was a lot. Um, not to mention you can't go anywhere and buy things to make things. So what am I going to, you know, here's me, day 204 in the same stretchy pants like nobody wants to see. <laughs> but you do have an Etsy shop with masks. I do. Um, I am a huge advocator for masks, um, pre and post pandemic, because for me, I feel like it's it's almost like cosplay, an acceptable part of cosplay without having to deal with the whole shenanigans. I can flaunt my fandom in a Walmart on a Monday afternoon. And because you go into Walmart dressed as a Mandalorian on Monday afternoon, you can go either way. Uh, 
but to wear a Mando mask, you know, and, and I love me some throwbacks. Like I said, I'm an 80s baby. So, you know, I've got, um, I got some gizmos coming, uh, some Back to the Future, some Breakfast Club. I got all my Halloween stuff out now. I just, if we, if we gotta wear a mask, we might as well have fun with it. So, um, that is actually Melinda Jean Creations, all one words. Um, and that's where you can find your favorite fandom of masks. And even when this is all over with, I say rock them anyway, you know. I think Be I'm going to, I saw the Beelgeous one. I think I'm going to pick up that one because I yeah. love Beelgeous. <laughs> it's just, it just cool, looks cool with the stripes. <laughs> and yeah, uh, even after the pandemic, whenever that is, uh, I have bad allergies and the masks have helped me out with allergies yes. tremendously. <laughs> and like days like yesterday, you know, you're sending all your smoke to me. Appreciate the love, but don't need it. <laughs> um, you know, you can smell the burn. It helps so much because I have severe allergies too. It just like, it filters that smoke out or at least I don't have to smell it as harsh. Like, and I mean, who doesn't want to be a ninja all day? You know, like, I mean, come on, it's just fun. Con people get it, nerds get it, like. What words of wisdom do you have to any aspiring cosplayer? Just dive right in. I know a lot of people, and I still do it, hesitate because they're afraid of what others are going to say, the judgment, the comments. Yeah, you're going to get the one or two. It happens in everything, everywhere. But I will say the cosplay community, the con community in a whole, is so accepting, so friendly. We stand up for each other. So once you just rip the band-aid off, dive right in, show up to a con in a cardboard Optimus Prime, you're gonna get the same love as a dude. I mean, you may not be chased around as much, but you're gonna get the love, you know? Just do it. And once you do it, it's gonna be addicting. It is not a cheap hobby, <laughs> but it is so much fun. Um, just get as creative as you want to be. There's no box. And like we talked about earlier, nerds are not this cookie cutter stereotype thing. Your version of nerdum, how you interpret your fandom, do it. There's no right way, wrong way, better way, worse way. Just do it. If it makes you feel good inside, Nike that. Just do it. You know, um, and and you will. Man, you will just, it's a whole nother vibe. It's a great vibe. And the people that you will surround yourself, they become family at some point. You know, you go to enough of these things, they're no longer just your friends or people I know at con. They're family. Um, so that's why it's going to be great to get back out and see all you guys in person again because I miss you so much and I can't wait to hug you guys. Um, I'll still be in a mask, but I can't wait to hug you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, just. Get out there and do it. You don't have to be good. I mean, I'm living proof of that. Just keep doing it until you're happy and you feel good about yourself. Um, yeah. 